0: I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The world we inhabit is not as free or certain or safe as you might think. The things that you believe to be unassailably evident are little more than shadows dancing behind a curtain, a masquerade, crafted and dutifully upheld by an organization known as the Foundation. The file you are about to hear contains containment procedures, descriptions, testing logs, historical and in some cases first-hand accounts of the anomalous objects the Foundation serves to secure, contain and protect. Its contents have been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Foundation Cross-Task Force Training Retreat, Humboldt-Toyabe National Forest. Come on, Brennan, keep up. Fuck. Fuck. Jack Brennan, lieutenant in size 7 and eternal pain in the ass, coughed and hunched over, hands on his knees. You, Price, it is really hard to run with a mask on. Saren Price rolled her eyes and turned to face him, ponytail bobbing around her. You've run up an endless staircase in combat gear with the respirator. Don't be a wuss. Brennan came to his feet and pointed at his fogged up glasses. I could see out of respirators. Saren shook her head, reaching into her pocket and pulling out a bottle of defog spray. Just watch your eyes. Researcher at 87 nearly went blind because he didn't put it on right. Jack took it gladly and started spraying his glasses. God, these masks suck, though. At least we've got good ones. You can actually wear them without feeling like your ears are getting cut off. Jack finished applying the spray, and the jog resumed. It was an early July morning, and several agents of the dozen task forces gathered in the forest had gotten up to exercise. This isn't even the worst part of this fucking end-of-the-world scenario, Saren groused. Halloween is big in Sloth spit. Sloth- Oh, Nexus 18. Jack picked up his pace. You think they're going to cancel trick-or-treat? They have to at this point. Douglas County has over 100 cases, and the former mayor's still not off his ventilator. Saren fell behind, a half-decade-old injury in her leg starting to throb. They haven't canceled trick-or-treating in almost 50 years. Not even during 097? Saren shuddered, coming to a stop, hands on her knees. Give me five. Jack stopped and leaned against a tree. In the distance, he saw half a dozen people from Chai 12 run through the forest. Bad memories. I mean, Saren stretched. The paper mask was itching. What do you call it when an entire squad gets killed by a hotel room, 40 people turn up stuffed inside scarecrows, and your friendly neighborhood Tulpa tries to decapitate the only tight blue for 40 miles in the space of a week. And poor Pickman. Christ. At least he got his name on a double 001 after he died. Brennan reached into his sweatpants and pulled out two protein bars, throwing one to Saren. She looked it over disapprovingly. Jesus Christ, it's mid-July. Where the hell did you get a pumpkin spice protein bar? She turned it over. Fucking 80% of your daily value of sugar? I might as well get hooked up to a Pepsi IV. Unperturbed, Jack bit into his energy bar. Only a single bite. You were on the team that neutralized it, right? Yeah, it took a bunch of kids from the town. Nobody was seriously hurt, thank God. Saren brought a bottle of water to her lips and took a swig before continuing. Squad 2-9 and the tight blues at 87, Sinclair and Reynolds, they stayed behind and blew it up after the rest of us evac'd the kids. She gave a really hammy speech, too. Saren shook her head. She? In an overly dramatic voice, Saren intoned. The Black Equinox, Mavra is Miria. long may her stupid car-themed name be dead. Town had a cult in it back in the 60s. They made sacrifices in exchange for eternal life. If I had a nickel, Jack chuckled. How'd you do it, though? Like I said, blew it up. Literally. Sinclair blew up the truck it was on. She stowed the bottle and began her jog again. Had to call in a favor from the local Tulpas, and they asked for one in return. Slothspit has more than one? They call it in yet? Not to my knowledge, I. Saren cringed as her left foot squelched in something that was brown, sticky, and unfortunately not a stick. She didn't even have to look down to realize what she'd stepped in. She could smell it. Come on, really? Dog shit? On the track? She took another step, eyes widening, as she realized the entire trail was covered in what could be described as organic, canine-originating landmines. "'I see Lambda-12 let the dogs out today,' Jack rubbed his face. "'Fuck it. We got a good walk.' Pest Control could at least try to be creative with their pranks. Saren scraped her boot against a tree. Smoke and mirrors rigged an SRA to drive the cant counters on White Rabbit's equipment berserk. It was fucking hilarious. Still think a task force dedicated to stage magic should be called Ten Impeller. Jack shook his head. Central Command said no. Saren kept kicking at the tree. I hear the retreat in Virginia has to deal with the Samsara freaks. Poor fools. Bunch of Mary Sue Power Rangers, but they're alright when you get to know them. They do have a cute dog. Once she was certain her boot was clean, Saren started the jog back to camp. And if we want to examine why safety protocols regarding subterranean transport are effective, Dr. Abraham Reinhardt addressed the room full of semi-board agents before him, his voice slightly muffled by the mask. We only need to look at the case of one researcher Christopher Hastings in Wisconsin. Reinhardt advanced the slide to show an image of a man in his late twenties or early thirties being dragged into a hole. His face was contorted in pain, and he was in the process of removing his shirt, but it wasn't entirely off. Instead, it was covering his mouth and nose. Note how he doesn't attempt to reach out for help from others, because he knows that he's at risk of dragging them under. Instead, he attempts to claw at the dirt for purchase. He advanced the slide to show the man digging his fingers into the soil. And note how he positions his shirt, covering his nose and mouth. Ideally, he would be covering his eyes as well, but given the circumstances, it's understandable why he didn't. The slide advanced again, showing Hastings covering his chest with a pair of crossed arms, his wrists covering his heart. Here we see him protecting his core, where his heart and lungs are, fingers clutching his shoulders, eyes shut, and as we can see from the way he's got his chest puffed up, he's taking a deep breath. Now, I understand that we have Mr. Hastings' significant other with us today. Agent Ruby Williams stood up, sheepishly waving a hand. All of the other agents in the room turned to face her, and Dr. Reinhardt nodded. Agent Williams? Yes, sir. Tell me, do you think he would be alive if he didn't follow the protocols properly? No, sir. Williams cleared her throat. His following a protocol is what allowed us to start proper containment of the situation in Nexus 18. Because he maintained consciousness, he was able to document what our task force has termed the, uh... She chewed her lip the Scarecrow Factory, a botanical anomaly facilitated by the corpse of the former mayor and recovered an item that led to the discovery of a defunct cult within the Nexus Zone that once made sacrifices to 097-D. Dr. Reinhardt snapped his fingers at her. What's Site-87's casualty rate, Agent Williams? About one in 50, sir? Would you describe your task force as competent? No, sir. Absolute chuckle fox. The entire room broke out into Snickers, with a protest of, hey, coming from the fellow members of Sigma-10. I'm kidding. We have a bit more casual attitude, but due to the higher morale, we've, well, we've got plenty of reasons to keep going. Wanting to be with friends and family, loved ones, we're willing to fight tooth and nail in situations where a lot of agents would give up. So, you're saying you don't lie down and accept your fate. Never have, never will. Sigma-10 has a motto, your story won't end here. Reinhardt grinned, visible even behind his paper mask. The narrative motif in that town is absurd, but I like that. Now let's move on to an example on the other end of the spectrum, in which Agent Perry Fisher survived a three hour long fall through a spatial anomaly by assuming proper crash positions. Never have I ever, are we 12 or sitcom characters? Raymond February took off his glasses and wiped them down. He hardly ever got to use them anymore, but it was nice to take his contacts out for a change. The young but experienced Jane Weiss of the Angle Grinders punched him on the shoulder. My aunt wanted to know how I was doing, and this is your price for information. And this is probably our last chance for tequila for the next year. We're running low on it in Vegas. Unshakable Gerald McCoy from Smoke and Mirrors fidgeted with a ring on his finger as he looked over the fixings at the bar. The Scotsman sighed as he contemplated smuggling a small bottle of it home. And I'm sick of paying 12 bucks a glass. A woman calling herself Momoko took a seat on the other side of February, scooting her seat for proper social distancing. Despite the bar being fairly casual, as casual as a pop up bar on a foundation retreat could get, she was still decked out in her gear, including a tactical hood and part of a ghillie suit worn as a cloak. He wasn't sure what task force she was part of one of the Alphas. I ain't had that stuff in almost 30 years. The three of them looked at Momoko oddly. She didn't look a day over 35, but there was something in her eyes, manic as they were, that showed a great amount of experience. She looked back at them and laughed. Alright, slight exaggeration. Lost the taste about a decade ago, but I'm willing to try again. Jane poured each of them a shot of tequila. Okay, here's a baseline. Never have I ever toppled a galactic empire. Momoko's fingers twitched on her glass. Nobody noticed. I was hoping that would get a reaction out of you, February. McCoy frowned at him. I understand you come from Weirdsville, USA. Sloth's pit isn't that weird, February snorted. You go, Jer. Aye. Never have I ever had to fight something while speaking in rhyme. February knocked back his drink. Jane raised a brow. Okay, Ray, I gotta know. What happened? Halloween 2018, this... Entity came out of 40-40, some kind of thought form. Talked in rhyme, and when my squad and I engaged, we all started doing it too. Is this the pit sloth I've heard about? Momoko asked. One in the freaking same. Ask Toffelmeyer or Carol about it. They know more than I do. He squinted over his drink. All right, never have I ever accidentally imbibed truth serum. Jane knocked back her shot sheepishly and poured them each a fresh one. In my defense, sodium pentothal looks a lot like water. They all shared a laugh. Momoko looked at February with a raised brow. Never have I ever fought a Keter. February swallowed his shot, poured himself another, and downed that. 4040 was upgraded to Keter during the whole Halloween crisis, the second one. The agents that initially encountered it one of them was allergic to amnestics, so it couldn't be properly contained. It evolved into this thing. Oh, with the spatial loop around Sloth's Pit? Jane smirked. Auntie Nina told me about that over Christmas. You'll have to tell me more sometime. Wait, there was a first Halloween crisis? Momoko frowned. Honestly, we need to start counting Halloweens where things don't go pear-shaped. February sighed. Jane, your turn. Jane Weiss chewed her lip. Never have I ever had to face off with an evil clone of myself momoko february and mccoy all knocked back their shots jane's eyes widened at february jesus christ what the hell is happening in that moon logic town language february blinked his eyes and slapped his face and halloween again entity from 4040 the freaking pit sloth decided to make clones of everyone at site 87 shoved us in the barracks auntie left that part out jane frowned this was all on the same halloween yep McCoy pointed through his drink. I think I'd like to let the lady at the end of the bar go next. She's shaking with excitement for the next one. Momoko put her hand behind her and pressed something against the stool that was making her cloak wiggle. Never have I ever quoted a bad movie in the face of danger. All of them knocked a shot back on that. Jane laughed. Really, McCoy? Even you? I had to watch Harry Potter a dozen times with my grandkids. This damn fool was imitating Radcliffe, and I said, You ain't a wizard, Harry, when I cold-cocked him. That drew a laugh from everyone as February poured the next round. Agent Allison Carroll was technically not allowed to leave the grounds of the retreat unsupervised. It wasn't her fault that she had gone to use the restroom on the base and ended up walking out of it into the Walmart in Reno approximately two months later. Space-time anomaly. Simple as that. Not that she would report it. This was technically a meeting with her other employer. She made her way back to the book section and, per previous instructions, looked toward the customer service desk. The returns line at customer service had dozens of disappointed-looking adults in it, holding various costumes, decorations, and bags of candy. Several of the latter had been taped to hide the holes. None of them were observing social distancing, naturally, but all of them wore masks. Allison's mask itched as she frowned. She turned to her partner, pretending to look at the latest James Patterson novel. Why did you want me here exactly? The woman next to her, garbed in a gray dress suit and cloche hat, shrugged for a sneak peek of the coming attraction. We tried the film thing for the last two years. It didn't work out. Allison flipped through the book, barely concealing her disgust. How many ghostwriters does this motherfucker have? Pay attention, the woman Allison referred to as Sunshine snapped. Look at their faces. Halloween is one of the premier events in this country, even after the last four years, and they're despairing. Allison looked up at them. She noticed a distinct lack of children in the line, but all of the adults were returning children's costumes. A woman with a Batman costume looked especially distraught. Said suit looked like it was big enough for someone on the cusp of being a teenager. Not the first time trick or treating has been canceled, not the last. This is different, though, psychologically. They're all wearing masks, but none of them want to. She adjusted her own mask, which was literally a long, flowing purple scarf, blowing in an impossible breeze that smelled like old paper and fresh ink. They just announced trick-or-treating is canceled in Reno today. Think about Sloth's Pit. Every other holiday in the city has been canceled or reduced. No pubs on St. Patty's Day, no Memorial Day Strawberry Festival, no Easter egg hunt. And any day that would have been a free day off from school for children is off by default with the digital classes. She frowned. I don't like it, and neither should you. I don't, Allison sighed, but it's a necessary evil. We can't have people trick-or-treating with a deadly disease going around there's more to it than that that you're not getting sunshine picked up a copy of Martha Stewart magazine the entire month of October is a baconal for the United States a time when you get to rip off your metaphorical masks and you're being denied that in a time when you need it more than ever and sloth spit being sloth spit Allison frowned you're saying we're going to have another one certainly looks that way narrator Allison rolled her eyes how many times do I have to tell you not to call me that what can I do though as of right now, Sloss Pit's like a bottle of soda that's been shaken in a Mach 10 centrifuge, about to go under a hydraulic press. Your job is to relieve the pressure in the bottle by any means necessary. Or what? The woman rubbed at her scarf. Or you may never be able to take off any mask ever again, literal or metaphorical. Can't you give a straight answer? Part of the office. It's hard to do. Sunshine shook her head and produced a piece of paper from her pocket a QR code. Here's a start. Allison took out her phone and scanned the card, frowning at the address it turned up. Parawatch? You're kidding, right? It's where spooky people live nowadays. Sunshine looked past Allison's shoulder. Your partner's ready to make a joke about you falling in. I suggest you head on back. Allison Carroll stood up and exited the bathroom back at the base, glowering at Robert Toffelmeyer in as friendly a manner as she could manage. A bit of advice avoid the chicken sandwiches noted robert grinned at her you bring that trick knife with you price wants to get back at pest control for the stunt with the dog shit couldn't get it on the plane allison shook her head but the bar does have all the ingredients for february's famous cherry lemonade fake blood still creeps me out that an ex-vampire hunter made a recipe for that stuff robert chuckled friend of mine from when i worked at 19's guarding the paintball gear have to sabotage their balls half for us to drink sounds awesome allison walked with her partner feeling autumn start to grip the woods around her. This was going to be another long Halloween. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear... Follow the link in the description to patreon.com scpunredacted and help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. You can get access to production logs, merchandise, recognition, and even a part in a skip. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki, upvote their work, and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try.